Hi. Hey, Randy. Hi. Hi, everyone. Everyone watching and uh, listening. Welcome to the uh, first episode of uh, All About Tennis. And um, our guest for today in uh, our first episode is Tret Yui, uh, longtime uh, national player of the Philippines, many, many time Davis Cup player, and uh, finished as high as number 16 in the world. Got to play in the semis of Wimbledon. Uh, many time SEA Games gold medalist, uh, very special guest for this episode, the pilot episode of uh, All About Tennis. Well, we're doing this, uh, this podcast as a, as a, um, some sort of entertainment while everybody is in quarantine here in the Philippines, everybody's in lockdown because of the, uh, coronavirus and, uh. I'm happy that uh, Tret here has a lot of time for us while the ATP tour is uh, suspended. Uh, Tret, good morning or good evening rather for you out there in Virginia. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me, Randy. It's it's good to be on the first first podcast. So yeah, it's yes. it's good to be here and uh, it's good to give the Filipino tennis fans something to listen to. Uh, obviously, everybody's at home and trying to do what they can to stay busy. Uh, yeah, so uh, what have you been doing uh, lately, Tred? I've been home. Well, uh, well on lockdown. Yeah, I played the Indian Wells Challenger right before the Indian Wells ATP event. And the day it was canceled, I flew home. And I've been home since then. I've just been... Uh, I was kind of training and getting ready for my next couple of tournaments, which I thought would be in a couple of weeks. But um, now I know it, there aren't going to be any tournaments until at least June, but um, most probably I'd say probably later. So I'm uh, just taking some time off at home, trying to relax and uh, I don't know, enjoy being home. I'm not home too much here and there because I'm traveling, playing tournaments a lot. So it's good to be back home and uh, I don't know, get the house in order and try to help help my wife around the house. Uh, that's good to know. Well, you know, while everyone is in lockdown, I mean, it's it's sad what's happening around the world, but I think a lot of people are kind of enjoying their time. Also, suddenly they have all this time. Same here with me. Um, suddenly I'm always in the house. Usually I'm always on the go. And we have this time and just trying to... Uh, get some opportunity also, and uh, now uh, we're trying to do this podcast um, for our tennis community in the Philippines. And uh, and how's uh, how's how's uh, Charlotte so far? Yeah, Charlotte's doing well. So she's a nurse here in in Virginia. So she's been working a lot. Uh, there haven't been uh, too many cases. I think there's six or seven cases in our area right now. So. They're expecting the next week or two for it to get uh, more and more. And so she's going to be kind of working four or five days a week and also on call the rest of the time. So she's really busy right now. So I'm yeah. trying to stay home and be healthy. And hopefully she, she does the same while working a lot. Well, salute to uh, Charlotte. And um, uh, she's a frontliner out there. Um, they're, they're our heroes out there or out here in the Philippines, all of our nurses, our doctors, uh, the frontliners, uh, people working in the supermarket, um, 
they're the ones whose lives are at risk at this time and uh we thank all of them for for that yes thank you to all the nurses doctors all the people working in the hospitals and okay so i mean this is a tennis podcast supposedly and uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about tennis and um you know before the tour got canceled Tred, um what tournaments did you play in yeah i played right before indian wells i played indian wells challenger uh my regular partner uh nathaniel lamons uh he went for davis cup uh for the u.s so he was there as a practice partner for the brian brothers for the u.s davis cup team so I played the Indian Wells Challenger with a Dutch guy, Sam Verbeek, who used to play with uh, Francis Alcantara. So uh, we made the semifinals yeah, there. So it was an okay result. But, yeah, I was doing real well the last month or two. So it was kind of unfortunate that the tournaments had to stop for, uh, and be suspended for the next month or two. I was really starting to get on a roll and uh, could have seen myself winning more and more titles this month, the next couple months. But hopefully I'll get back to that when, when tournaments resume. So um, that's the last tournament you played in, as I understand, the Indian Wells Challenger, right? Yeah. So this is the uh, tournament right before uh, the the big Indian Wells uh, ATP event. Is this yeah. correct? Yeah, that's correct. There's a lot of yeah. the good players played it before the big event. Jack Sock uh, won the tournament, and I don't know he lost to Steve Johnson in the finals, and Francis Tiafu, Yannick Sinner, a lot of the good up-and-coming young players are playing the tournament to get ready for the big ATP event the following week. Is it the same venue as the uh, the the big event yeah. in general? Yeah, or? exact same venue. We played on uh, – we didn't play on the main two stadium courts, but we played on the other – all the other courts. And so, yeah, it was the same venue. We were all there. Even when we played there, quarterfinals and semifinals, the main uh, – course everybody was kind of getting in town practicing getting ready for the the big atp event to start everybody had been in town kind of prepping getting their first practices in when uh the uh, indian wells tournament was canceled and then from then on basically everything has been postponed and moved uh, to later dates how was um how was the atmosphere there uh, considering uh i'm sure everybody's practicing as you mentioned but when were you there when they announced that suddenly the event is canceled? No, I, I left that morning actually. I lost the night before in the semifinals, so I left uh, the morning that everything was canceled. They they canceled it Sunday evening, so I, I flew out Sunday morning pretty early. But everything it seemed like a long time ago now, but it, it seemed like everything was completely fine. Everybody was practicing hard, getting ready for two two days from then when the big tournament was supposed to start. So yeah, everybody was ready. It didn't seem like anybody had any idea that it was going to be canceled and uh, moved on. It seemed like everybody was kind of ready for uh, just the same old, uh, same old tournaments are going to start. Everybody's practicing, doing what they can to be ready for their match. Wow. And uh, so no inkling on uh, of it getting canceled at all at that no, time no, when no, you were no. there. Everybody was completely surprised. You could, tell i mean I'm, i talked to a lot of the players that were still there that night and everybody thought oh complete overreaction what was going on but uh, obviously they were smart and ahead of their time which is which is really great and looking back it seems like a long time ago now but uh it was really smart of them to kind of cancel it that day and kind of get i don't know california and a lot of the states kind of more ready for what was to come in the next week or two
Okay, going back to the tournament, um, you played with uh, Sam Verbeek, and uh, as you mentioned, former partner of uh, Francis Casey Alcantara Nino. Uh, how is it? Um, how how did you uh, hook up with him? Is it through Nino, or you guys know each other from way back? No, I've known about him, I guess, because I saw him playing with Nino. So they had great results uh, two, three years ago when he was when they were playing together. They won a lot of tournaments together, and yeah, he's a tall uh, Dutch player, and uh, I've practiced with him once or twice at some tournaments, and uh, I just so happened I didn't have a partner last second. I was looking for somebody, and he was the same, or he was kind of looking for somebody, so we uh, linked up and decided to play just that just that week, so yeah, it wasn't a bad week. Making semifinals is always, always pretty good, but uh, the last month or two, I, I've been close to winning a lot of the tournaments I've played. So yeah, I was hopefully, I was hoping to win that one. That would have been nice. <laughs> and um, any uh, big names that you played during that tournament? During that tournament, we beat, uh, first round we beat Bradley Kahn and Mackenzie McDonald, who are both uh, 70 or so in the world in singles. And then the second round we beat Taro Daniel and Evgeny Donskoy, who are, I think one of them 60 in the world and the other one's 85, 90 in the world in singles. So there's two good wins. And then the semifinals, we had a tough match and uh, lost to Mitchell Kruger and Sebastian Korda. So Peter Korda's son is an so, up-and-coming player. He's, he's pretty good. Oh, nice. So, so even in this um, Indian Wells Challenger, a lot of uh, singles player plays in the doubles also, huh? Yeah, for sure. Most of the time like, now. Unless, just like... Yeah, unless you're top 10 in the world, top five in the world singles right now, it seems like everybody's playing both singles and doubles, which is, I think it's good. It raises the level of the doubles game and it makes it more exciting. But it seems like it's actually Indian Wells who started um, a lot of these big names playing doubles. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how I remember it. Um, yeah. Like, Roger I remember you double. playing. Yeah. I remember you when you played with, um, when you reached the finals of the Indian Wells. Yeah, or uh, Jersey Janowitz. Who was your partner again? Yeah. Uh, and. A lot of these big names, Djokovic, Nadal, they all play. I mean, how does yeah. Indian Wells do it? How, yeah, they how, how, it. how do they make them play? Yeah, it's per, no, it's actually really good timing for them. I think it's just a little bit of luck where a lot of the top guys have been off since Australian Open, and it's been a month or two. So they think it'd be good to play at least one or two doubles matches the first two days before the singles, uh, before they'll play singles. They usually have a bye in the singles, so they won't play the first two days or so. So a lot of them are always uh, ready to play the doubles and get ready for their singles matches. And yeah, that year we played Andy Murray and his brother, Jamie Murray. A lot of the years Rafa has played, he's won it twice in doubles. So yeah, Roger and Wawrinka mm -hmm. played a bunch. A couple of years ago I beat Wawrinka uh, and Dimitrov there. So all the top players played. So, I mean, we all know that Indian Wells is uh, the fifth biggest tournament or you know, the biggest tournament after the Grand Slam. And uh, no, no special concessions for, for um, the players, uh, singles players playing these doubles? No, not really. A lot of them, I think, like to play the doubles. I wish, I think they wanted to play doubles more and more, but it's obviously tough on the body, especially if they are trying to go deep in the tournament, do well, and have to play six, seven matches in 
eight, nine days, you know, they want to be fresh and be ready for the next day. But uh, because Indian Wells is a week and a half event and you get a day off here and there, I think a lot of the guys are uh, excited to play the singles and the doubles. It makes it, I think a lot of them have a lot of fun doing it, which you can tell when you see some of the videos of them playing, they're enjoying it. It's paid practice for them. They're, they're really enjoying it, playing with their friends and playing doubles. Is it also because it's a bigger price money in Indian Wells for the doubles yeah, or is it, uh, I guess for me, I'm a believer that um, they should put almost like equal amount of price money for singles and doubles. That's what I believe yeah. in. I think um, so great. No, I think that's how it should be. I mean, um, making the price money different is the reason I think that that um, a lot of uh, big players are not playing. And um, I think if it's the same, it doesn't have to be double, you know, like if it's one million in the in singles, it can be one million dollars in, in doubles also, and the players can divide it because it's doubles. But I mean, you can see this in, in Olympic events, you know, when, when they win gold medal, it's the same because it's the same gold medal, right? Yeah. And it's just as important and everybody plays doubles in the Olympics. We know the Southeast Asian games or the Asian games and a lot of the singles players uh, play play singles and doubles or they even play mixed doubles if if yeah. they can. And it's because it has the same price. Um, it's yeah. a, in this um, uh, games, Olympics, Asian games, Sea games, it's both gold. So I think if in the tour, they make it um, the same prize money. I mean, all of, you know, doubles would be as popular as singles, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think that would be a really good initiative where, yeah, you see, like you said, in the Olympics, when Nadal won gold medal in doubles, they were celebrating like they would celebrate when they win a singles Grand Slam. And same with Roger exactly. and Mariska. They're going yeah, crazy. And it's just as important. Yeah. yeah. They have a gold medal. They can always say yeah. they have a gold medal in the Olympics. But that's unbelievable, yeah. Don't worry. If I have a chance, I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll lobby for that. Okay. <laughs> um, assuming that uh, the ATP Tour resumes, thread, um, sometime June seventh, supposedly. Uh, what events are you looking at? Yeah, playing with my partner uh, Nathaniel Lamons. We've talked about playing. Uh, there's some grass court events in England, uh, Nottingham, and. Um, Eastbourne, this grass events right before Wimbledon. So if the schedule, if everything comes back and is back to normal June 7th, 8th, and that's when the tournaments begin, we're going to try to go to England and play those uh, warm-up events for Wimbledon uh, two, three weeks, and then hopefully uh, get into Wimbledon. That's, that's the plan for now. But uh, we'll see if the calendar uh, is changed or anything like that. I mean, you see the French Open trying to move around so that they have the French Open. Maybe Wimbledon will try to do that. Who knows? I don't know if they can move to later in the summer to try to have the event or to make sure they have a better chance of having the event. But who knows? I, that's what mm -hmm. I've heard talk about. I know. I mean, every day with, um, with this, uh, this um, COVID-19 issue, I mean, every day is changing and it's actually so difficult now to, to plan anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, how about the uh, French Open getting rescheduled to to that date, almost the same date as uh, the Labor Cup? 
and it's it's really a big issue for a lot of players and especially involving Roger Federer and the big names who's committed to the Labor Cup. Yeah, um, sure. And they said that the Labor Cup is all sold out in Boston. Uh, what do you think about this move of the uh, French Tennis Federation? Yeah, it was a big power move by the French Open. And they didn't tell anybody, really. They, uh, what, From what I read, they, they asked Rafa if that worked for him. And he said, yeah, he could make that work most likely, you know, and that, that was the only person they talked to, apparently, and, <laughs> and they made the announcement online that, yeah, uh, we're going to move it to the third week of September. So if it does happen, like they, they said, it would, the U.S. Open would end, and there would be six days bef- until the French Open main draw starts, so it'd be, it'd be a packed schedule. I know uh, a lot of the players I've talked to are, would, would be willing to do it, obviously, because the prize money is, is so big in the Grand Slams, but it'll be tough on everybody's bodies. I mean, it would be tough to stay healthy, play back-to-back weeks, play five, six, seven, eight weeks in a row because there's going to be a lot of big tournaments there that are uh, big prize money events that they've kind of missed right now in the spring. So uh, I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to that, hopefully. I mean, that's my goal right now during this time off. I want to uh, stay in great shape and keep working out. So when tournaments do resume, I, I feel like uh, my body's back healthy and my back's feeling good. So I want to play uh, a lot of weeks in a row. If there's tournaments and big tournaments here and there, I want to play as many as I can and, and give myself a shot to keep moving up the rankings. So yeah, I've, I've done well moving up the rankings the last couple of months. I'm back to 120 and I started at zero uh, last year in April, May. So uh, back to 120 in less than a year and hopefully going to keep moving up. Talking about um, you trying to stay in shape, well, what do you do? Are you guys in complete lockdown there, or are your are your uh, clubs still open? All the clubs are closed. The club where I play a lot is completely closed, but it's not complete lockdown. Where you can, people are encouraging you to go outside as long as you're keeping social distance of six, eight feet away from a lot of people. So, uh, some of the days I've been waking up early, going to the park, and hitting against the wall there. So I've been going hitting against the wall some, and uh, I've, I got a stationary bike at home. So I ride, I've been riding that and doing uh, some Peloton classes at home and trying to stay fit and ready and keep my body. I don't know. I feel like I've gotten to a good point where my back and body are in good shape now. So I want to keep that, keep that up and keep, keep progressing. But uh, tennis clubs are closed. Yeah, all the tennis clubs are pretty much closed. So, yeah, there's only – there's one park nearby that has a wall that I've gone to hit on and some people are playing there, but that's only the people play there every now and then. I feel like that they're just the ones that stay together. Nobody's really uh, meeting up with different people or anything like that. Okay. Um, how about uh, when you were in Manila the, during the Southeast Asian games, um, you brought the, uh, for the first time, your wife, uh, Charlotte, to Manila. It was her first time, is that right? Yeah, first time in the Philippines. So it was, it was nice for her to come. And uh, after Sea Games, we went to, to Palawan, had uh, the most amazing vacation after. So yeah, it was, it was great, uh, great time in December. So yeah, we still look back at the pictures now and think uh, what, what an amazing time we had for uh, four or five days in Palawan. So what did, uh, what did uh, Charlotte do in Manila? Uh, she was there the whole time during the event. She went around 
uh, did a lot of sightseeing with my mom actually because my mom came to watch uh, the sea games as well so they were together a lot and uh yeah she had a good time she watched all the events i played the the doubles and the mixed and uh it was it was a good event i mean we had had some chances in the finals against uh francis and jason but they they played really well so obviously i wish i know wish i could have won that but who, who doesn't want to win the matches <laughs> they play but yeah uh, yeah i mean uh well for me uh considering that uh it was an all Filipino finals. I was already happy. And, yeah, for sure. Same, same. Uh, I was just cheering for good points, but I wasn't cheering for anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's something where I'm obviously disappointed I didn't win because I wanted to win, but I'm really happy that, that they won. Yeah. So it was, it's great for them. Yeah. They played, they played, they played really well on that event. So how about in, in Palawan, uh, in El Nido, talking about El Nido a little bit. It, uh, was that your first time also in El Nido? Yeah, first time, first time. So it was, it was unbelievable. I've seen uh, a lot of pictures on Instagram from travel uh, bloggers and travelers on Instagram. The, the pictures look unbelievable. And uh, in person, it was just as beautiful as I saw online. It was amazing. We had such great experiences. And uh, yeah, it was an incredible time. I'll always remember that. And hopefully I get to get to go back sometime soon. Did you try some uh, local spot in El Nido town? Yeah, you gave me some good recommendations. Or, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot some of but you don't remember them now. Huh? Yeah, I forget the name. But it was good because it was after the event. So was, I was able to unwind. We had some, we had great meals and had drank a bunch of the nights and went to different bars. So yeah, it was good times for sure. I think I gave you like a hundred recommendations. So yeah, we, we, I don't remember. But did, did, did you go to, did you go to a restaurant in the town or no? We went to just one restaurant in town a couple of times that we liked. I forget the name of. It had nice like swings, the oh. chairs you could swing and the chairs at the bar. Oh, okay. That must be yeah. um happiness bar. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. It's like it's like a it's like a vegan bar. Yeah, yeah. As I remember. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure you also went to uh most likely Saba. The, yeah, Saba, uh, the yeah. nice bar yeah. in town. Yeah. But yeah, the best part I think was island hopping, seeing all the different islands oh, and going course. around. There. It was unbelievable. So can't wait, can't wait to oh, go yeah. back. The islands, of course. I mean, that that's what uh, El Nido is. But um, yeah, it's also nice to 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 see the the local people and uh, the tourists hanging out in town at night when everybody's done touring. Uh, so that's always my favorite uh, thing to do in in a touristy place. Yeah. Chet, uh, going back to tennis again. Um, in the ATP tour, um, what was what was your um, your biggest match? What was your biggest uh, biggest win? I, I, I should say. Biggest win. I've played. I've played all the the, the big time players. I feel like I played Rod in the IPTL. I played Roger in doubles. I played Rafa in doubles in the IPTL, and I played Novak. Uh, in an early pro tournament in singles, and he beat me pretty easy. But uh, yeah, he turned out to be pretty oh, really? good. Really? Where was this? In the U.S.? In the in U.S., the yeah. I was, I think, 18, 19, playing a future in Florida. And I remember losing to, I was like, oh, who, how did I lose to that kid? He was like 15, 16 <laughs> years old. But he was pretty good. <laughs> and then, yeah, a couple of years later, 
I was like, I think that's him. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, that wasn't a bad loss. He's pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, yeah, I okay, think. Okay, so. And I lost to Rafa and the IPTL, but I beat Roger in the IPTL and it was a set to oh. six. So six four, it was only one set, but I consider that a win. So I can always say I have a win over Roger. Pepper. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I yeah, think so. I remembered that man. That was in Dubai, right? Yeah, in Dubai, yeah. Yeah, I watched that out there. Yeah, yeah I still watch every now yeah. on YouTube and just to, like, man, I'd be Roger Federer. <laughs> and, uh, no, not only did you beat Roger, but his partner, both of the players that you played, his partner was um, Marin Cilic. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, I mean, he was a U.S. Open champion at that time. And For sure, yeah. That's definitely a good win. I've, I mean, I've played Chilich a couple yeah. times in some of the ATP events, and I played all the. I played Murray and his brother and beating them at Indian Wells. I played Warenka. I played uh, Dimitrov. I played all the kind of the big top ten guys the last ten years or so since I've been on tour. So yeah, it's been it's been unbelievable. I'm really. Uh, looking back, I'm I'm still a fan of tennis. I still see it and and think, wow, this is unbelievable. I'm so lucky to be here. It, it's I still think of it as like I'm a little kid and a fan of a fan of the game. Well, if that's how you feel, that's how we feel also on having you play for the Philippines. Like, um, hey, we have a Filipino in Indian Wells. We have a Filipino semifinalist in Wimbledon. I mean, this is yeah. amazing. It's yeah. I mean, especially during Wimbledon, for, I think it was so special because. Like, yeah, making the semifinals. It's like having an NBA loss. player. Yeah, yeah. Soon. Yeah. I mean, it's only a matter of time till there's a big NBA player. But like I said, going back to Wimbledon, we had a, had a great run at Wimbledon, had some chances in the semifinals, losing in the fifth set. But then we had Davis Cup the week after. And the publicity and everything after, when I came back to the Philippines, two, three days after the Wimbledon semifinals, was unbelievable. It was, it was great for Philippine tennis, I think. And Hopefully, the years to come, Philippine tennis just gets bigger and bigger where uh, we've got some good young players coming up and hopefully um, more and more players are playing the big events like like I had the last couple of years and hopefully I'll be back in a couple of months when, when I'm back in the rankings, hopefully climbing the rankings again. Yeah. No, I mean, you've been, uh, you've been playing tennis for the Philippines for, for quite a while, since 2009. A lot of people don't know that... Um, You've been playing since 2009. It's been 10 years now. Yeah. And when you barely had ATP rankings, um, you started playing for the Philippines. And at that time, you were also some, uh, started getting support already from Cebuana Lulier, John Henry. And sometimes I'm, you know, that's one of my questions to you. I was wondering, like, uh, fresh out of college, you played for the Philippines right away. I mean, um, with you having a ranking of uh, eventually finishing top eight in the world in doubles, you could have played. You could have played uh, for the U.S. Uh, eventually, but of course you didn't know at that time when it was still 2009, and you played for the Philippines. You committed to the Philippines, and we're so happy you did that. Um, you know, not not when your career was going down, but when you actually started your professional career, you played for the Philippines already. Yeah. And what do you think would have happened if you didn't play for the Philippines? What do you oh, think about I don't, that? I don't think I would have had the career, near the career I had. I, I mean, I can't thank John Henry Lulia enough and all of Philippine tennis for a lot of the support I've been given since 
2008, 2009, uh, when I finished at the university in the States, I uh, kind of had the plan to play a lot of tournaments and see what I could do on the professional circuit. And uh, without John Henry's support and Sabana's support, I don't think I would have, I don't know, given myself enough time at the lower level tournaments to kind of break through. It, it takes everybody a different amount of time and maturity. And my game uh, got better and better when I was 23, 24 years old. And that's when I really started to see kind of the results and move up from the futures and challengers to the ATP events. And uh, without that experience, I think uh, playing Davis Cup and representing the Philippines in the SEA Games 2009 or so and getting some good wins against some high-ranked uh, guys like Denai Udomchok and against the Thai Twins, I think that gave me a little bit more belief to keep moving up and saying, oh, my level is a lot better than I think. I can keep moving up higher and higher if I just stay at it and play bigger tournaments and give myself better shots at making big points. I think I can do it. And I, I think that increased my belief. And uh, over time, I, I just kept moving up. And uh, it's still still unbelievable to me to see that uh, I did it. I, I always thought uh, it'd be great to hopefully play the U.S. Open one time, you know. And the first year, I think it was 2011, uh, there's qualifying for Wimbledon and I qualified for Wimbledon and my parents, uh, my mom was in the Philippines back in the Philippines. And my dad was in the U S at the time. And they thought they, they both bought flights the next day to uh, London. And they thought, what if this is the only grand slam he ever plays? You know, we have to make sure and enjoy it. And no, I, I thought the same thing too, for sure. I was like, if this is the only grand slam I ever play, we have to enjoy it and really like soak it all in, you know? And that was, that's how I we know, thought you never know, right? Yeah, that's how we thought at the time. You got to enjoy it. It could it could have been the last one and only one, but uh, yeah, I've been really fortunate and and played a lot a lot of Grand Slams since then. So it's it's been unbelievable. And um, among all your Grand Slam achievements, um, I'm I'm guessing it's Wimbledon that would have been your favorite. I mean, you had the best results there, finishing the semifinals. Um, what can you say about uh, your experience in Wimbledon? Uh, well, especially that semifinal match. We, we played on, on uh, center court at Wimbledon. And the afternoon before, we practiced, uh, just, we practiced on one of the outside courts. And then after our practice, uh, one of the officials from the club at Wimbledon said, uh, we're going to walk you onto the court. Nobody can hit there or practice there. It's only the matches on center court. So. They walked us out there so you get a feel and look around center court and get the feeling of the court. So they always think it helps people be a little less nervous the first time they play out there or something like that. And I remember we took so many pictures that afternoon on center court as we walked just on the side of the court thinking, wow, center court Wimbledon. I've watched this and seen it on TV so many times. It's unbelievable. And, and going <laughs> to sleep that night thinking we were going to play after – uh, Federer and Djokovic's match. We played the double semifinal after their single semifinal. And uh, there was a great crowd. And uh, it was unbelievable. I still uh, watch the highlights every now and then on YouTube and kind of shut it off when it gets to the end of the fifth set. And I, I don't want to see the end. Oh. I always hope that there's a different end. <laughs> I, uh, I know I, what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I remember a bit. But, <laughs> but uh, otherwise, everything else was so good, right? But uh, yeah. But still, I mean, it's semifinals. You played against uh, Mahout and um, what's Robert, his uh, partner's name again? 
Yeah, Pierre Herbert. And, yeah. So I mean, yeah, and I mean those are great players as well. Did did they win it eventually, or what? What yeah, happened to them in the, the final? final? They won the finals in straight sets. So who knows? Maybe maybe I could have been oh. level champion. Yeah. But, I mean, you can always say that. Maybe I could have lost the round before that too, and I would have only been winning quarterfinals. Yeah. So I know. <laughs> you had a lot of um, very close match um, before getting to the semifinals, also as I remember. Oh. And um, but uh, as I understand, like you guys get a some sort of a like a membership club or yeah. like you're a member of something, right? I mean, yeah, reaching the cool semifinals now. of Wimbledon. What do you call it? Yeah. I'm a lifetime member of now the Wimbledon Last Eight Club. Or final eight club, so I can wow. I can go back the rest of my life with me plus one, or me and or me and a guest, and uh, get into Wimbledon and go watch the tournament and kind of go behind the scenes, kind of anywhere with our credentials and our badges. And so, yeah, that's nice. something I'll hopefully do in the future. And uh, I can always look back and say, yeah, I was a I was a pretty good player at one time back back in the day. <laughs> So, so you plus one. A lot of our friends doesn't know this. Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm falling in line for that plus one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Partner. We play PCA together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't know that, that uh, yeah. you were once my partner in yeah, exactly. PCA Open. <laughs> I let you down. We could have won the PCA doubles, but we lost in the finals. Uh, <laughs> no, but a lot of people don't know the story of that and how I convince you to play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just a little story. I told I told Tret, Tret, if you play with anyone else, you're supposed to win the tournament. So it's like if you play with Johnny, PJ, whoever, you're supposed to win. If you don't win it, it's like, oh, you didn't win it. But if you play with me and you lose, it's all because of me. You know, Randy's so so weak. <laughs> so, that's a good idea. <laughs> but I mean, um, I was happy just to play with you. But honestly, I was so pressured. But anyway, let's not talk about that. 